All right, Vinny Fisher back with another episode of Total CEO. I have on our show today a chief of staff, an expert at a, being a chief of staff. If you don't know what that is, stick around. Listen, folks, I say all the time, if you want to have one year of prosperity, go grow a crop. If you want to have 10 years of prosperity, grow a tree. But if you want to have 100 years of prosperity, you need to grow people. And what our guest today does is talks all about people, about being a key person, how a chief of staff works, how the heck you work with one if you don't have one, and how the heck you work with one in and outside of your building. Does that sound like a fun topic? Well, if so, I've got Maddie. Maddie, let's say that, is it Niebauer? It's Niebauer, yep. Niebauer, awesome. I got it right on the first shot. I'm a Niebauer. I hate to be calling you Neber on the show. <laughs> Niebauer. Well, Maddie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Vinny. I'm so excited to be here. So, Maddie, you are the, the creator, the founder of the virtualchiefofstaff.com. That's kind of the, the thing. But is it, is it called Virtual Chief of Staff? It is called VChief, and we are a virtual chief of staff service. So, it, it, you know, we call it all sorts of things, but the official name is VChief. Yep. So, that's the fun, cute, kind of cocktail <laughs> part of me, but really for people there know, you go. the virtual chief of staff. Right. Right. So we, you can find us at virtualchiefofstaff.com. That's, awesome. That's our website. All right. Yeah. Cool. So um, let's let's let me ask you a question. What the yeah. heck is a chief of staff? <laughs> it's a good question. A lot of people have that question. And the thing about that question is it's hard to answer because it looks really different from sector to sector and organization to organization. So people have mostly heard about or seen the chief of staff role in the government, right? Or watching the West Wing. And so people have this image in their mind, oh, that's what a chief of staff is. Right. There's really lots of different sort of types of chiefs of staff. And um, they play a different role in different types of companies. And I think, honestly, that's really by design because the chief of staff's role is really to support the leader that they're working with. Mm -hmm. And so depending on what that leader's skills are and, in fact, the areas that they're sort of lacking and need more support in, that's why it looks very different from organization to organization. But there are some similarities. So let me talk you through what well, those, what those are. I don't like the term assistant. Yeah. Like personal assistant or or secretary or administrative assistant not because of a sexist thing or not because of old school i hate the term because it sounds like somebody who's doing the laundry and wait mm. to be told what to do so yeah. at a minimum the only thing i will even tolerate is the project manager of the executive department but here's oh. <laughs> you have even made this better this yeah i think we're talking about is the chief of staff Right. So it's interesting, actually, and we, we can jump into this in a minute, but um, I see what is typically seen as an executive assistant as a little bit different than a chief of staff. And we okay. can talk about some of those differences. But in particular, as you think about a chief of staff role, some of the common themes that you'll see across every chief of staff. First and foremost, they're just incredibly loyal to the leader that they're serving. That is the person who they are focused on all the time. So one of our core values is servant leadership. They are always sort of in the background, not looking to sort of put themselves on a pedestal, but really put their leader on a pedestal and help them grow and be in the forefront. Um, so that's one common thing. One of my favorite quotes? Yeah. It's something I live by. If service is beneath you, then leadership is always going to be above you. I love that. That is such a great quote. 
Hey, That's way, such a great question. I'm yeah. Friends, Jeff, it's his. I, I'd like to take it as mine. And we're going to that it's mine, but it's his. And I just, <laughs> it's, uh, he leads a really large organization, 145 people. And he's always saying that if the service of what you do for people is beneath you and you're thinking of people that went, then there's always going to be a leader who's above you. My number two, my, I'm going to change her name from <laughs> to chief of staff. <laughs> But Rachel thinks like this servant leader because she's always thinking DNA of the organization first. I love where you're going with this. Oh, good. Good. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I mean, you'll always see a, a chief of staff acting as that servant leader. Um, I think the other thing you'll often see is they're taking things off a leader's plate. Mm. Um, and that can be all sorts of different projects. So it can be anything from strategic planning for the organization. It can be the annual goal setting process. It can be creating dashboards and key performance indicators and things like that. All right, so they, let's say I'm a little bit of a quick start. I know that might yeah. be a shocker to you, but let's just play along. Yeah. And, I, and our audience kind of gets it right away. How the heck do we train women? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the first and foremost, you have to find the right person. So um, the right chief of staff is going to have that servant leader mindset. Um, and they're also going to be really good in a number of things. They're going to be great executors. They're going to be really focused on results and making sure that you get them. And they're going to have incredibly strong emotional intelligence. A chief of staff needs to sort of understand the underlying motivations of both. All right, the so market, great yes. executor, strong EQ. Of those, yes. which one are you willing to tolerate to be the least of the three? Um, I mean, if you're going to have to have one of those not be strong, I guess it would be the emotional intelligence. I think you can't be a good chief of staff unless you're a servant leader yeah. and you have to be a great executor and a great strategic. The thinker. reason I say that is, you know, I, I'm thankful in my role to grow people, right? It's what I do. I'm all about team. And typically when I find someone who's undying loyalty and a servant leader and they're great executors, they're like, they look like my wife and they look like my <laughs> my people who lead real well they're a hammer yeah. everything looks like a nail yeah they just execute so i've had to help develop into them some eq and i i'm really glad to hear you say that because that's typically the one that needs to be trained and nurtured along the way because typically the other two are exuding over the top yeah i mean you just if you don't have someone who can get things done like that that the whole point of a chief of staff is to give you leverage, right? Like you can't be like getting, having to ask that person to get things done. Like it just defeats the whole purpose of the role. So how do we help somebody? Cause our job here, you and I is to help somebody. How do we help the person who's like, well, I just need someone who's going to do my stuff. And their first move yeah. is like, get in their email, manage their calendar, like all this right. three crap. That yeah. Move the needle at the business. So what's your right. first step when you get that guy or gal in your site? Yeah. So I'll be honest, that guy or gal, I, I send to other people, right? Yeah. Because they need what you, the term you don't like, they need an executive assistant. They need someone who's going to book their calendar. Who's going to take over. Well, on here's the thing though. Simple yeah, basic thing, like which is super fighting. important. I don't mean to say it's not important. Yeah, it's not important. It I, I'm going to fight you there. It's not it's crap, but this is, the, 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 the people, that's all we know. Like, they don't know how to go use them another way, right? Right. So I know well, it's your job is not to over-educate them. 
But like, yeah. if we're going to do that on this thing, what's the first thing you tell that person what they need to see differently? There's no such thing as the executive assistant. I want to kill that term. <laughs> I want to officially go on record and say, well, okay. So if you can automate some of the things that that person is doing. So for example, there's all these apps that like you can send an email and people will schedule themselves on you, right? Like what? in your calendar, like Calendly, right? You're just like, send a link. You, you book yourself on my calendar, right? Then you don't need an assistant to do that back and forth. So you can automate those things to some degree. Um, and then have, you know, a chief of staff can play a much more sort of high level strategic thought partner role where you're like, oh, geez, here are all these challenges that I'm facing. I'm not sure how to attack them. Can you brainstorm them with me? Can we make a plan? Can we create a project that you're going to move forward so that I, as the CEO, can focus my energy where I'm going to have the most impact, whether that's being an external speaker or doing business development or, you know, managing your team and building people up. All right, um, so you're, the axiom, I'm with you. Love this. Your proposition is that this person is virtual. Yeah. So the difference between us and like people building their own or hiring their own chief of staff is we really focus on businesses who could use that role, but who don't need a full-time person or don't need a full-time permanent person. So we typically work with clients between five and 20 hours a week, and we typically do it on a virtual basis, but we don't have to. Sometimes we do it in person, um, but we often work virtually and we work part-time or we'll fill in on an interim basis. Say someone has a chief of staff who's on maternity leave. And so we'll come in for three to six months and do that, you know, whether it's half-time or full-time to fill train, that gap. If they have one, do you train that person? So we don't, but I know a lot of great resources um, for people who have a chief of staff or who are looking to uh, put someone in that role. Let's, by the way, I'm right. Maddie, who is the founder and chief ninja awesome person, <laughs> virtual chief of staff, V chief. Yep. See that at virtualchiefofstaff.com. That's awesome. So that's who we're talking with. So Maddie, your service is, yeah. we, we can be that person for you. That's right. And there are, I mean, there's a lot of resources if you have one and you want to improve them. One great place to send them is called chiefofstaff.expert. It's created by Tyler Paris, who wrote a book about the chief of staff role, which you can find on Amazon. Um, and he can really help get people up to speed. If people are looking to hire a full-time person, there's a service called primecareeradvisory.com and they are executive search, executive um, placement just for chiefs of staff. That's all they do. I, I know a service. It's called Total Team that does the exact same thing. So <laughs> awesome. If you guys want that, we can do that for you too. I love that. But if yeah. you are, you're the pinch hitter. You guys right. sign up for that role. That's your core service. Yeah. So awesome. we provide that on a monthly basis. And what's the hardest um, part? What's the hardest part? Yep. You know, I think the hardest part is working with a client who thinks they want this and they don't, they're not ready for it, right? So it's, the easy part for me actually is matching chiefs of staff to clients. Like there's a lot of different dimensions we think about when um, we have a client who comes in with a need, they share like the projects they have on their mind. And um, we think about who in our network of chiefs of staff would be a great match for them. So that works really well in our system. What I think is harder is when we sometimes have clients who are so overwhelmed, but they're so unwilling to let things go and they don't want to delegate and they won't let us into their system. So we can't just sort of help 
with their things in their inbox and sort of drafting things for them there, or we can't get on their calendar or, you know, there's a number of different things that, you know, can really hold us back if a leader's not ready to make that commitment. And then, and then you know, hopefully during the beginning phase, you guys figure that out. But if you don't, you know, like, it's like a, it's like a filtering service for data. Things are going to slip through, right? People will say the right things, but then they just, they're control freaks. I think I know why on behalf of the control freak club of the world. <laughs> Anybody's gonna do better than us. Yeah, it's true. And I personally, as a CEO, have a hard time letting go of certain things. And I keep thinking, oh, I should let someone do this, and then I'm just not ready to let it go. Right. So I think you have to just think about in a meaningful way, like which pieces can I let go and should I let go of? Right. There are lots of things that you shouldn't let go of because you're the best one at that. Yeah. But every single one of us has a pile of things on our to-do list that don't move because we don't want to do them or we don't have time to do them, but they need to get done. And so I think the question here is like, let's just have someone come do them for you. Plus, quite honestly, I mean, I love what your business stands for because, you know, you know, helping leaders get a little bit out of their own way. You, you're not, you're not going to be a company beyond you unless you learn a little bit to get out of your own way. And so you yeah. just have a great high paying job at best, right? You're yeah. a solopreneur who is yeah. disguised it with people around him or her. Like you're not truly building something that's bigger than yourself if this person cannot get their handle around this. And so let's go back to the part, chief of staff. I think everyone loves this idea. By the way, I love the terminology. Can't believe the government's ruined it. This is person. <laughs> So I'm going to help you make this thing more relevant to the business world. Now, yeah. question for you. Yeah. How do you help somebody overcome the gap of in the office versus virtual office? Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. And I think it a lot of the economy is dealing with it right now because more and more of the economy is becoming virtual. Um, and I think that's really the future of work is people are not always going to be sitting in the office next to each other. Um, and I think there's a lot of benefits that come with that. And I think there's a handful of challenges that come with that too. So I think one of the things that our clients appreciate is that because we're virtual, they can work with any of the chiefs of staff in our pool, whether they're in LA and this person's in New York. Um, and that just gives them an ability to be matched with a person that's the right fit for them, whether that's because of their work style or their industry background or their functional expertise. And so, but, but again, it does come with challenges and I'll be the first to admit it is always easier to work with someone who is sitting right next to you and you can be like, Hey Bob, what do you think about this? Right. Um, and so what we try to do is create virtual systems that can help be that same, like, let me pop over to your office and ask you a question. So we recommend using Slack or other sort of IM systems that works really well. Um, we also use Zoom. We love Zoom. It's an amazing um, video platform. We do almost all of our calls on video calls. Seeing people, even if you're not face-to-face, -face, is so much better than a phone call. I mean, this is one of the only ways to really overcome the gap of you and I not sitting in the same room, right? I can stare. Even though it's weird, I got to get used to staring at the green light. Like, I'm <laughs> talking with you, right? When, like, right. I feel like we've had a better relationship because we can do this. And so both of our brands where we provide virtual services, in our you know full mm -hmm. and total team this is the biggest friction we got to overcome you know one of the things we do i don't know if you guys do this but we will serve in that I, I guess i know you don't but we'll serve in that role and we'll also train someone internally to help come overcome that friction do you ever have right. to deal with that person because somewhere along the way i'm going to be like well maddie this is great but am i going to be with you forever yeah 
Yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, we've definitely had situations where, you know, it doesn't feel like the right match, right? And that's really tricky. Um, but I'll be honest, you know that almost immediately within two weeks. And the great thing about- Let's hit the pause button. Did you hear yeah. what said, everybody? Listen up. <laughs> this is true, whether it's a virtual a chief of staff, whether it's total team member, whether or not it's your in-house person, you know fast. You do. And you know what? Stop hanging on. There's only been one documented resurrection. The rest of it's all copycat. <laughs> there are no resurrections. It doesn't It's happen. so true. You just know. Right. Yeah. And I mean, we're fortunate to have an amazing pool of talent. And oftentimes it's, it's not the right fit, not because the person's not a great talent. It's just that it's a mismatch, right? Like their work style doesn't work with the leader that they're working with. And yeah. so they can go work with a different leader and we can find someone else from our pool of talent and fix that problem immediately, which is just a great solution. Owner, right? we, by the way, we are with yeah. Matt from virtualchiefofstaff.com. Go check her out. Not only is she super cool, she's the chief ninja over there. You can find out some things. She also, for all of our listeners, at forward slash total CEO, so virtualchief.com forward slash total CEO, she created a page just for you with some goodies, some stuff in there. Um, she, you can, they can get a hold of you directly on filling in something and talk to one of your team. And Exactly. We can do a free consultation, tell you more about the role. There's a lot on our blog. If you're thinking about a chief of staff and you're not sure if it's the right fit for your organization, it's a great place to just go learn more about it. Love it. So go to virtualchiefstaff.com and figure out some of that stuff. Now, yes, our show, you're a CEO, I'm a CEO, like people want to hear like the things. What's the hardest part you're having in growing your organization right now? Well, it's interesting. I mean, I think there's a handful of things. Um, the easiest part, surprisingly, has been finding the talent. Okay. It's true. You know, finding the talent is always going to be the part that um, seems to work. That, you know, it's just how it goes. You know, you, uh, people have lied to themselves. They think that, you know, finding, you know, talent is is the hardest part when actuality it's the part that truly ultimately uh, works for the organization. Uh, it, boy, Maddie, I think it's such a great point. You know, if you are ever hunting and being the chief evangelist, finding people, you're scared out of your mind. People don't know how to do it. So here at Total Team, it's what we do. It's what we help people find A players. And what we mean by that is these people have the right attributes to fit within your culture or, or environment to be that person. And so, um, so Maddie, you know, we're business owners, right? So we, what is the hardest part in, in growing your business right now? Right. So there's definitely a couple of things that have been challenging for us. Surprisingly, one of the easiest thing has been finding talent. I think because, um, finding a, a virtual part-time job is really appealing to people. That's been really easy for us. Well, it's been a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that. Ah. Our organization has built up this concept. I think people are afraid out of their mind. They don't know how to look, but as the chief, yeah. evangelist, the, the, you know, the easiest part of our job is finding yeah. right. the easiest part. Like folks hear what she just said to you, please. Finding people isn't the hard part. No, it's really not. It's really not. Especially in this world where you're open to working virtually with people. It makes a huge difference. You have a much bigger pool yeah. and the people want that flexibility. 
No, um, I to know how to look, where to look, what to do, what structure to have. I, that's why our entire organization, a total team exists. I get that. But they're there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right, so it's um, so harder. Um, I think there's a couple things that have been hard. One is um, finding clients and just sort of spreading the word, right? So business development, I think most new businesses spend a lot of time thinking about business development. So that's, um, you know, something that we're always thinking of. The vast majority of our clients on that part. Yeah. Have you started to dial in like who your ideal avatar is? Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, I mean, we, our target markets really are, um, we work with a lot of startups and small businesses. Um, and we also I work a lot. Except 5.9 million, 5 .9 million companies. So like that's right. there's so many, stuff. right? So we so try many. to narrow it down because we're not going to work with like, generally speaking, if you're an organization of a certain size, you're going to have a full-time chief of staff, right? So we'd, in theory, we could work with people that are not sort of the CEO of those, those places. They could, we could work a little lower in the chain and we've done that, but most of our clients are smaller businesses or startups. And we work a lot actually in the education and nonprofit space, which I think is just largely an outgrowth of my personal network. Cause I was a chief of staff at teach for America for five years uh, before I, I launched into this. So, so your Rolodex started the first growth of this. Right. And 90% of our clients have been referrals, either from, you know, personal networks or from our clients. According to the Society for Human Resources, here I am quoting something, <laughs> a good rule of thumb is to think about $500,000 per employee. It's kind of U.S. data statistic stuff. So, um, you know, every five employees is like $2.5 million, that kind of stuff, right? You have yeah. employees, you got $5 million in revenue. Have you found any tightness to that? Like under 10 million, under 5 million? Have you like seen any yeah. like what works well for you? You know, it's fascinating because it's really across the board. I mean, we are working with some tiny, tiny, like one person, startup, solo entrepreneur, solo founders. And we're working with organizations that have over 2000 people, over $200 million in revenue, right? Which is harder to get an avatar. Right. So it's like, there's, there's a mix and we can benefit all those types of organizations. But I think our sweet spot is, is, you know, probably under 5 million, uh, just because once you get past that point, a lot of times they, so they Aaron, What's his last name? I think I want to say Ross. I'm not sure. The guy who grew salesforce.com to a big organization wrote a book, yeah. Predictable Revenue. And in there, he talks about this idea of doing the SWOT analysis to know who your ideal consumer is. Yeah. I encourage every business to go through this. Like we regularly are going through this SWOT analysis to kind of- it's a great tool. Yeah. Who that person is. Because the more you can target- your messaging to that person, you're going to get the outliers. And I consider the 2000 person organization and the, you know, whatever that is, those are outlier organizations that you'll work with when they come to you kind of like that. Right. So you're not like seeking them out. But the, yeah. to really effectively allow awareness to be real. You have to be able to talk directly to that kind of ideal profile. So on that awareness thing, like here I am giving you some love, but I'd encourage you to really tighten that up. The more you do, you know, I yeah. say something all the time, if you can niche down, you'll scale up. Yeah. You know? And I think, um, uh, I, I think Aaron says get a niche to get rich. Yeah. What he means by that is the same thing I'm saying. It's you just tighten who you're talking to. So totally. started out their whole journey. They were going after like big companies and they were like realized they needed to be under 30 employees. And once yeah. they figured out tech under 30 employees, 
now the story's written that they're like this big super sales CRM. Whether you like them or not, I don't really care. But yeah. the story speaks relevant to that SWOT analysis. So when you speak about awareness, that's the job CEOs we need to do. It's like we have, we're the only ones who are going to do that work, by the way. You can't have no chief of staff or anyone else know who the real profile is. So I'd encourage you, you know, Manny, to really, really dial in on that. Yeah, that's a great idea. All right, what's the next one? Uh, challenges? Not on my own. I think one of the other challenges is we're a little too good at our job in terms of matching people and we work on a contract basis. So we have had clients who have then decided they love our person and they want to hire that person. Yeah. And I think part of that challenge was we, you know, we have a conversion fee because we know sometimes that makes sense and that fee just wasn't high enough. Mm. Um, and probably we weren't setting expectations right in the beginning with with consultants and clients to the fact that that was sort of happening. So, um, I mean, I think it speaks to the skills of the people that we bring, but it's also like not a sustainable business model if that's not what well, you know, you you're talk looking about actually your person being your team member and not theirs. Tell me more about what you mean. Well, I mean, so, I mean, the lawyer in me can't help but like see the <laughs> obviousness here. Like you have some intellectual property or intellectual property. And one is, you know, that you've built this, you know, virtual chief of staff. It's got great terminology, you know, exactly. Mm -hmm. Not sure I'm in love with V chief, but who cares? I love the rest of it. I think it's awesome. It speaks for exactly what you do. Well, you're yeah. nurturing and growing these people, which is yeah. a form of your, your assets are your people. And so right. one of the things you could do is have a vendor relationship with your clients. And if they want to go outside that vendor relationship, not only is it a break fee, but there's a contractual obligation where you don't always have to let your best people go. They, mm -hmm. the, the risk of breaking up with you is that they lose working with one of your best people. And so, mm. you know, I, I, I have our best people inside of employment agreements or contractor agreements or because I don't, yeah. I've really worked hard to train them and keep them in nurture. Yeah. But yeah, it's the pain of disconnect. If you stop working with us, Rachel doesn't leave my organization and suddenly go start working with you. It's a pain yeah. of disconnect. So, yeah, the other thing you as you grow up more leads, you might want to consider some pains of disconnect. That one of them is just you lose the person. Yeah, yeah, that's a really interesting point. I'll have to think about that more. Yeah, I mean, there's no one size fits all, but you know, we have this thing in the service world that we think like the client's supposed to get everything. Like also pillage our cupboards well wait a minute why are yeah. you yeah this is our You're business right people, right so yeah often, and I, we can take that conversation offline if you ever want to but i would really encourage you to look yeah. at your team as you build your team it's one of the biggest assets you have and so absolutely it is our biggest asset by far yeah i mean you might have other ones but it's probably your biggest one and so it's my biggest one if people always say man you have a great team better team than you deserve and i'm like you're probably right yeah <laughs> so, uh, but i i as soon as you said that, I got all this friction about, wait a minute, why is client 132 get to take one of my best people just because they like each other? Well, if they like yeah. each other, then you just keep paying our invoice. Keep working. Let's go. Let's keep going. So, yeah, you think about that. It's tricky. Oh, listen, yeah. we're with Maddie, the chief ninja over at virtualchiefofstaff.com. I just made up a new title for her, by the way. I <laughs> and so, uh, hey, it. if you're even understanding where you are in your business and you need help getting stuff done not doing laundry not answering your email not scheduling you for crap but getting stuff done we call this the chief get crap done person <laughs> yes so, that's a great title that's what we call this person and so <laughs> the, the, we also say the project manager of the executive system that yeah. person 
is exactly who you're talking about. I love that person. My favorite person in the organization. As a matter of fact, it's every CEO's favorite person. They just don't yes. know how to do and what to do with this person. Well, if you're that person, you need to hit Maddie up, not hit her, hit her up virtualchiefofstaff.com and she built a branded page for our show at forward slash total CEO. Go check her out. Maddie, this has been a blast today. I do. I hope you've enjoyed so it. So much fun, Vinny. So much oh, fun. Cool. One little tip I like to leave people with. What's yes. the first thing you would encourage someone to do if this is resonating with them? Uh, well, I think the first thing they could do is go to our website, uh, that forward slash CEO, total CEO. There's a downloadable document. As I said, I spent 10 minutes talking about what a chief of staff does. We have a one page document that will explain it for you. Um, and so it's a great option if you're thinking about it, you know, hiring a full-time person or moving someone from your organization into that role. Or if you think you could use a service like ours. That's awesome. Maddie, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks so much, Vinny. Take care.